So this morning we're going to talk about melatonin because it's increasingly popular for people to take kind of like a sleep supplement. Even kids are taking it. And that's what our contributor Scott Shantz is tackling this morning. Hi, Scott. Hi, how are you? I am good. Thank you. I'm fascinated by this because I feel like we've been hearing about melatonin for 25 plus years now, and we still don't know enough about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's like out there. And I know a lot of people that take it. And I also know a lot of people that give it to their kids because I'm in that, that age group. My kids are two and six and all of my friends have kids around the same age. So this is like an ongoing conversation around kids and getting them to sleep. It's like the most important thing. Parents are giving this supplement because they think this helps their kids sleep? Well, I think, yeah, it does. It's the idea is that melatonin, it's like this hormone from your brain that uh, regulates your serotonin and it does, it like regulates your sleep cycle. And when you're desperate for sleep with new kids, it's like, we'll try anything. And here's this naturally occurring thing. You don't need a prescription for it. You just go to basically anywhere and get it. And I do know parents that are doing it. And I also know parents who are kind of concerned about doing it. There's not really enough research around there. So I thought this is an important thing for me to understand some more about. And uh, I got in touch with professor of pediatrics and clinical pharmacology from Western University, Dr. Michael Reeder. Uh, he's done a lot of research on melatonin. And I asked him, is like, first of all, is, is our sense correct? Does it feel like more and more people are using melatonin? For sure. I mean, we did a study, and this is a few years back, about uh, actually about six years ago. It turned out that one in four, 25% of kids in London were on some kind of sleep aid, most commonly melatonin. And if you look at statistics, um, the use of melatonin has gone up. Uh, the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, Georgia, tracked it, and their estimate has gone up by 500% in the last 10 years. So melatonin is first or second most commonly used herbal medication or natural product medication in children. Wow. Should we be doing this? Is this okay? Are there risks in giving this to our kids? Uh, the answer is it depends. Uh, and I'm going to say that if, if your child has neurodevelopmental problems, say they have autism spectrum disorder or issues like that, there's emerging evidence. There's about three pretty good studies that suggest that, yes, uh, it may be helpful. Now, kids who have those kind of problems often have, very, often have a lot of sleep troubles. And there's emerging evidence that what happens in is, is those kids actually don't make melatonin as much. Because the enzyme that makes it in the brain that turns mel- serotonin to melatonin is, is lacking. It's not as active in those kids. So for those kids, there's pretty good evidence that a bit of, mel- a bit of melatonin, I emphasize the word a bit, we'll come back to that in a minute, is helpful in regulating sleep. So in kids with those problems. Now, what about kids who don't have those problems? There's no evidence that actually is helpful um, because those kids probably make enough melatonin. And there's lots of reasons that kids who, who make melatonin have trouble sleeping. And the issue with that comes into the issue of dosing because in, in most of the world, melatonin is a prescription medicine. Canada and the U.S. are very unique, and it's not. So if you're in Japan, Australia, pretty much all of Europe, the U.K., you have to get a prescription to get melatonin. Canada and the U.S. is sold as a natural product of dietary supplement, which means the doses are as well regulated. So 10 milligrams is a pretty good adult dose. And there's 10 milligram chewable tablets out there. So if you're giving a 10 milligram dose, say to your toddler, your three-year-old, well, that's way more than they they need. So melatonin overdose, children sent to poison centers in the US melatonin overdose are very, uh, it's actually become much more common. 
and there can be some serious side effects. You actually mentioned something there that I want to just quickly circle back on because, again, it, like I think you're, I didn't realize that it wasn't available or that it's prescription medis- medication or prescription supplement in other parts of the world. And that's really enlightening because I know a lot of people here who, th- who sort of regard it as, oh, it's a herbal thing. I can just get it anywhere type of thing and sort of keep it in the house right. all the time. And I've heard it said that y- you actually can't overdose on melatonin and that would be incorrect it sounds like that that is absolutely incorrect for parents who are struggling so hard with this what do you have other other thoughts other recommendations um if you go to the sleep foundation website there's various um there's various uh short snippets youtube snippets and and short uh, bit clips on the web about behavioral strategies you can use the behavioral strategies work but there are a lot more effort um and, you know, I recognize in a busy world, if you got like a couple of kids, you know, you're both working, they're hard to do, but they're more likely to be effective. So if you have a neurologically normal child having sleep troubles, the first thing I would do is look at establishing a sleep routine and use some of the resources that the Sleep Foundation or other groups have online uh, to talk about behavioral methods you can use, which are more likely, and they're more likely to be sustained over the long haul. Is there a circumstance where, um, you know, you, you would give it sort of a, hey, you could use it here, like for this long. And I get it's kind of like a case by case basis, but is there a circumstance where you would yeah. say, yeah. It's case by case. I think for adults who have jet lag, it's clearly short if you use it for a week or so after your jet lag, it helps get your rhythm back. For kids with developmental disabilities, I think it's probably okay for chronic use. Um, there's actually, there's a woman in Nelson, BC was talking to me about how she used it. And she's a smart person, like most women, she's smart. And mm. uh, she used it in small doses and increased it really slowly in consultation with her physician. So that the doses are small <clears throat> and you watch for effect because she has a, ch- a child who's, who's you know, <clears throat> neuro- neurodiverse, who's been on the spectrum. Um, but that worked. For kids like that, long-term therapy at low doses is probably safe. For other kids, it's probably not. So I would say, you know, if you're in a situation where you're a jet lag as an adult or even as a probably adolescent, probably short courses are fine. If you're in a situation where you have a chronic neurologic disorder like autism spectrum disorder or some of those other neurodiverse problems, long-term therapy in consultation with your physician at appropriate doses is probably fine. Beyond that, I think it's, uh, I don't think there's any real evidence saying that it should be used. Okay, Scott, that was absolutely fascinating. And what really struck me about what Dr. Michael Reeder was saying there is that the behavioral strategies work, but they are more work. But my feeling on that is using the behavioral strategies, okay, yeah, it's going to cost you more work, but you are setting your child up for a a lifetime of of learning and knowing their own behavior, melatonin is just a, it, it ain't an aid, and they're not going to learn anything from using it. it. Exactly, exactly that. And this is why my wife and I have been so hesitant to use it, even even for myself. Is I don't want to develop some some need that a I reliance can't a reliance on the sleep aid. Yeah. And he said these were the two stats in there. It's gone up. Use has gone up five hundred percent in the last decade, and everywhere except Canada and the states, you need a prescription to get it. Shouldn't yes. that tell us something? Yes. Crazy. And you know what? 10 years, that coincides with the advent of smartphones yeah. and people not being able to put their phones away. And yeah. so like we can develop sleep habits, but they require some discipline on our part. But instead people, sounds like they would rather take a pill and get some help. Yeah. 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 Scary stuff. Hey. 
Uh, so fascinating. And I'm, um, you know what? If you have any emails and questions about that, direct them to Scott. <laughs> uh, Scott at CKNW is my email address. That was Dr. Michael Reeder, uh, professor of pediatrics and pharmacology from Western University in Ontario. So interesting. Scott, thank you very much for that.